Well, good morning and welcome to Grace Life Church on this Sunday, May the 30th. This is the day the Lord hath made, and we, the Bible says we show what? Rejoice. Let's say it again. We show what? Rejoice and be what? Be glad. Now, that rhymes with sad, but we don't do sad. We do glad. So put on your glad face if you don't have it. I know y'all tired of hearing the joke around here, but if you can't smile, then go home tonight and sleep with a clothes hanger in your mouth, and that'll fix that for a few days. It'll be, it'll be in there. Crease, might, crease marks might hurt for a couple of days, but out then you'll have a permanent smile. So do what you got to do to get over there. Well, we have a great honor this morning. We have a, a very good friend uh, of ours, Michelle and I, into this ministry. A missionary evangelist, Ronald C., is here this morning, and he's going to minister the Word of God. He, um, he is going um, in a few weeks, and Pastor Matt and some of the other team is going with him to Peru. And we're excited about what God's doing in the nations. We're excited what he's doing in Peru. Aren't you glad that someone's willing to go? You know, not, not, not everybody's a goer, but everybody, if you're not a goer, you at least ought to be a sender. I, uh, it's getting a little bit loud in here for the amens. So if, if y'all hear a bunch of amens on this, it's just the people. They're a little bit, they're just a little bit wild this morning. Praise God. And so we're just we're honored that he's here. So Michelle, uh, I think we met uh, the summer of June 1996. So we're going on 26 years. And so a great friend to Michelle and I, and our families kind of grew up together, or they, or they did grow up together. And so he's been in our pulpit, and when he pastored, I was in his pulpit. And uh, it's just uh, it's an honor to have you here this morning. And uh, and we're just we're just. Uh, we just sit back and amaze, you know, seeing what all God has done in your life. And um, you know, he's, he's pastored and he's, he's taught uh, men when he was at Caneland for nine years and was the director there. And uh, what a blessing he was to those people. Um, they had a nickname for him there. They called him the Sea of Love because that's where they get what they got from him is they got love from him. So two things. I mean, he, he'll he'll tell us what he's doing in Peru, but there's two other things here that you'll that you'll he can't help it. It's just going to come out. I mean, it's just it's just who he is. So you're going to get love, and you're going to get encouraged. So if you came discouraged this morning, you're in the right place at the wrong. The, you're at the right place at the right time because the encouragers here this morning, and the Holy Spirit in him is just going to speak into our lives. So would you give a warm welcome to our friend here at Grace Life Church? Missionary Evangelist Ronald C. And so, thrilled that you're, you're here. And uh, so, if you will, just preach the Word of God. There's people watching you around the world right now. So, wow. just we, we greet you, uh, of those of you who are in your home. or And uh, so, we know that we also have viewers from other countries watching. So, listen, he has, he has a good word uh, for your life. And so... Uh, we we just speak blessings upon each Amen. everyone here this morning and blessings upon you. Amen. So whatever's going on in your life, you know, Paul said, if you can see it, touch it, taste it, feel it, if any of your senses can pick it up, know this, it's temporary. That's right. Right? That's right. If, if we can touch it, taste it, see it, feel it, anything that, with your senses, Paul said, it's, it's temporary. And I like to say it this way. If you got a problem and, and you can touch it, taste it, feel it, smell it, whatever it is, it's got an expiration date on it. Amen. And when thing gets expired, they get thrown out. <laughs> so we bless you. Thank you. And praise God. What an honor and a pleasure to be with you today. And all you that's watching on Facebook, 
We trust that this word will encourage you. Amen. Uh, before we go any further into the message, I want to share a video that we did some years ago that I'm sure it'll bless you. Matter of fact, when pastor was talking about us going through the clouds, this is actually the video. <laughs> Amen. So at this time, we're going to ask uh, my brother back there to go ahead and, and uh, show the video. Okay. Missions is life changing. I'm sure there's people online watching that not familiar with who I am. Uh, just as Pastor introduced me, my name is Ron C. We go, I've been called to go to the mountains of Cusco, Peru, and to these remote villages where no one willing to go. As you can see, the temperatures can drop as low as 30 degrees below zero, and these kids has nothing, only, the only heat they have is the clothes on their back, and every year, many of these kids are dying, are freezing to death, and what we do, we go up there and we take warm garments uh, like hats and gloves and blankets, as you can see, shoes and socks. Uh, many of these kids we've found out like 12, 13 years old and never had a pair of shoes on in their entire life. And you can see the looks on their faces. They're wondering, how, why are you so nice to us? And we gladly tell them that there was a man named Jesus. He sent us here to help your babies. And if they never heard his name one time, all of a sudden they want to know about this man named Jesus. And we tell his story, and that's when the doors swing open wide where we can share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we get many, we get many of them saved and many healings, as you can see. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a sacrifice, but I, one of the best things that ever happened to my ministry is is having Pastor Matt Davis to come on board and be a part of our team. Amen. Uh, he was there. When we pray for some of the, the most serious cases, he's always in the midst. And so um, we're just a privilege. It's just a blessing, and, and it's a privilege to be here. And I thank God for your pastor, my friend. We've been, we're not just friends, we're family. And it's an honor to, to be here. Amen. And to just be a part of this Christian family, uh, to be safe and to have Jesus Christ as our captain, our, our Lord, our Savior, our King. Amen. Can you say amen? amen. Uh, today, uh, we do have a message we want to share with you, and I believe it will encourage your heart. Amen. Can you say Amen. Uh, we're going to start it. We're going to start a reading. If you will go with us to the 15th chapter of Romans. Amen. Praise God for his goodness. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Man, if you're not saved, if I wasn't saved, I'd be getting saved. <laughs> Glory to God. If you ain't saved, you are missing out. <laughs> what are you missing out on? A whole lot of peace, 
joy, happiness. You're missing out on heaven, eternal life. Come on, the list goes on and on. Hallelujah. When other people are sad, we're glad. And you want to know why? <laughs> Glory to God. In the book of Romans, uh, well, before I read it, I want to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your, your grace, your mercy, your love, your provision, your anointing, the angels, the word, revelation, knowledge. We thank you. We thank you, Lord, for the spirit, for the spirit of wisdom, for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. We thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing. We thank you that your word will go forth. Uh, it will go forth with power. We thank you that there will be a free flow of the Holy Ghost, a free flow, a free flow of the Holy Ghost. And we thank you that the word will penetrate beyond our minds into our spirits, uh, changing us from the inside out. We thank you, Lord, that when we leave at the end of this service, we will say we'll never be the same again. We give your name all the praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Uh, Romans 15, verse 4. It says, whatsoever things was written aforetime was written for our learning. You may want to, well, let's just keep reading that we, through patience and comfort of the scriptures, ooh, I like that, might have hope. Yeah. Glory to God, glory to God. So today we want to talk to you a little bit about the subject of spiritual warfare. Hallelujah. Spiritual warfare. Amen. I'm going to read the scripture again. It says, for whatsoever things was written aforetime, talking about the old covenant, was written for our learning. You may want to underline that word, and you may want to write down revelation knowledge. Not just any kind of knowledge, but revelation knowledge. Uh, that we, through patience, you may want to underline the word patient and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. When you say comfort of the scriptures, you may want to underline comfort of the scriptures uh, that we may have hope. You may want to underline the word hope. Uh, when you are under attack, these are four things you should have. I always remember this, these four things. You're going to need revelation knowledge. It's probably one of the most effective weapons that you have against your enemy. Revelation knowledge. When the lights come on, faith is there. <laughs> Glory to God. And that's where, it, that's where faith begins. Number two, you're going to need patience. Because sometimes it looks like you're losing. 
Come on, somebody. And there'll be times you'll get tired and you're going to want to quit and give up. <laughs> you must be patient. Number three, in memory, it says comfort of the scriptures. You're right there. You could put encouragement from the scriptures. You're going to need more than a pat on the back. So there are some things you're going to go through where you're going to need you're going to need more than someone to tell you uh, just hang in there. You're going to need to get you're going to you're going to need some encouragement from the scriptures. Come on, somebody Amen. from the word of God. Amen. Let me give you I wasn't planning on saying this, but just give you an example. I'm going to give you a quick example. Uh, John the Baptist Hallelujah. Got discouraged. Now, if if John the Baptist could get discouraged, come on, somebody. John the Baptist was there when the heaven opened up and the spirit of God descended like a dove. In a voice, John the Baptist was there when the voice came out and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. John the Baptist heard that. But he but he got locked up and he stayed locked up for a certain amount of time until he got discouraged. Then he sent his disciples to Jesus to ask him a question. Are you the one or do we look for another Wait a minute now, who just said that? John the Baptist. The one, I, I ain't even got time. John the Baptist, in my opinion, is probably the, 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 the greatest, most powerful, the most anointed preacher probably ever recorded in history. <laughs> Yet, he get discouraged. And then Jesus didn't send him a pat on the back. He sent his disciples back and they and they quoted to John the scriptures. <laughs> they gave him a word from the from the word from the scriptures, from the strove, from a, a man. It was a, it was recorded in the, in the word of God. And when there are times you need more than just a pat on the back. <laughs> There is something about the word of God. You need to be encouraged. You need to get your strength from the word of God. Can you say amen? amen. Then we would, number four, we're going to need hope. Now, I, we, a lot of us faith people, have, gave, have not given hope his due credit. I always knew in my spirit that there's more to hope than what than what we're, we're hearing. And not long ago, God confirmed it to me. That there that there is something more significant about that word hope than what we realize. Amen. You remember the scripture that says it, it, it mentioned uh, faith. Then hope. <laughs> then love. But the greatest of these is love. We put a lot of emphasis on faith and love. 
But what happened to hope? Now, if hope is in the middle of those two, come on, somebody. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit said this. There's something more significant about this word hope. <laughs> come on, somebody. You see, the one of the things when you're under fire, the one thing you don't want to lose is that's hope. <laughs> you see, <laughs> that's when people blow their brains out. Can you say amen? I want you to I want to say something before I move on too. is is faith. Is more than a rest. It's more than just a rest. Faith is a fight. Now, I know that our Lord and Savior has defeated our enemy, but we're still going to have to fight. Now, give you an example. Under the old covenant, God told his people that he has given them a land which flowed with milk and honey. And he told them to go and possess that land. But when they got there, you know what they saw? They saw big old, ugly, hairy giants saying, you can't have this. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Come on now. I know the word of God, the Bible lets us know that the word of God is full of precious promises. Come on, somebody. And we know that our captain have defeated our enemy. But... When it's time for you to go and possess what God promised you, guess what? There's going to be a big old hairy, stinking demon there saying you can't have it. And that's where the fight begins. Come, come on, somebody. Hallelujah to God. Can you say glory to God? I want to talk to you today a little bit about... Uh, a story out of the old covenant that is very is relevant for today and is very encouraging. And it's in Second Chronicles 20, verse one. I'm going to start right there. And uh, it says uh, it came to pass after this also. That the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and with them other beside the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Now, verse two. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side Syria. And behold, they be in Hazazan Tamar, which is in Gedi. Now, here's Jehoshaphat. King Jehoshaphat had just received some very disturbing news. If you live long enough, you're going you're gonna to get some disturbing news. And I learned something about faith. I learned something. It's just like going to school. You know, you can't waste your time when you come into a place like this here. Because what you're, learn, what you're learning, what you're being taught, you're going to be tested on it. <laughs> and what you make on your tests I'm talking about the test of life is going to determine what you learned while you was in the classroom. Come on, somebody. What comes out of you under pressure is going to show you what you really, truly made out of. 
you know, we got a lot of preachers and I was one of them. <laughs> Hoop and holler and talk about how good God, how strong God is and how much, you know, this and that and how much victory. But when that when that devil coming, <laughs> oh, my Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do. What is that happen to me? I did that. I'm going to be honest with you. I did that. <laughs> when it was all over said and done, I was ashamed of myself. <laughs> I wanted to kick myself in the behind. It's kind of like, I ain't even going to go there. <laughs> you don't know where you are until the test comes. Until the pressure is applied. What comes out of you under pressure tells you what you really made out of. And if you ain't made out of nothing, you got to go back again and learn something and, and, and come back ready. I mean, you can change. You ain't got to be a wimp forever. Can you say amen? So when Jehoshaphat got this news. It's interesting what the Bible said he did. The very first thing he did, the Bible said he feared. He feared. This was no reverence. This, this guy was scared. He was terrified. You know, you can talk all you want. Any old dog can bark when they're behind a fence. A little chihuahua. When you behind a fence, you can bark. <laughs> it reminds me, I heard that the guy said his little dog kept hollering. And somebody left the gate open. And that dog cursed. <laughs> Who left that, that gate open? <laughs> I ain't going to say what they said. <laughs> God would preach you when he said that. <laughs> Who left that Dope. <laughs> Jehoshaphat got a word that that a war was heading his way. It was bigger than him. Have you ever faced something bigger than you? So the first thing happened was when he looked at it, he feared. And then if you look at the 12th verse, He's, he, to, if I paraphrase it for you, he basically said he didn't know what to do. But when you read the whole story, you find out he didn't do too bad for a guy that didn't know what to do. Can you say amen? amen. Praise God. But, but he feared. And, he, and I thought about when I saw that word fear, I thought about 2020. Last year, there was a lot of that going around. Yeah. Come on, somebody. I couldn't even buy toilet paper. <laughs> Glory to God. For not just the sinner, but a lot of the Christian was getting up all the toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> Glory to God. So I'm going to read on. He says, he said, when he got that devastating news, as Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. Full verse and Judah gathered themselves together to, to ask help of the Lord. And they were going to the right person. Thank God they went to the right person. He said, even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem. 
in the house of the Lord before the new court and said. Now, this is the part that I wanted to get to. I wanted to get to this part because this is what's so significant about the message today is what this, this man said in his prayer. You can actually learn today. You can get some revelation that can take you through anything. He said, this is what this man said. He said, oh, Lord God. He said, oh, Lord, God of our fathers, are not thou God in heaven and rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathens? And in thy hand is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand thee? Now, what is he doing here? This is what he's doing. He and this is what every one of us got to do. He exalting God above his circumstance. Are you listening to me? Every one of us is going to be faced with certain things, certain battles, but you have to always make God bigger. Let me share something with you. In 2018, when I went on my, my mission trip in that year, we faced the greatest challenges that we have ever faced in the history of my mission ministry. Matt was there. It's amazing what all we went through. So I got my team together one day. We got them all together. And this is what I said to them. I said, when you go home, don't go home talking about what all went wrong. Don't go back talking about everything that happened all the negative stuff that happened that year. And they didn't understand that. They wanted to, they wanted to talk about it. They wanted to talk about it because they, they never experienced anything like it. And they want to talk, they want to tell it, they want to talk about it. And I wanted them to know that I'm not telling you this because I'm trying to make myself look good. I'm telling you this for a reason. And this is the reason. I want y'all to listen to me. You may want to write this down. The more you talk about what the devil is doing, the bigger he's going to become. Are you listening to me? The more you talk about what God is doing, the bigger he become. Are you listening to me? The bigger you make God, the smaller you're going to make the devil. The bigger you make the devil, the smaller you're going to make God. Now, listen to this. We know that God is the almighty. He got all power. He can do all things. But he, he can only be as big as you will allow him to be in your life. The question is, how big is your God? There's a scripture that says, greater is he that is within me than he that is within the world. No matter what come against you, you are going to have to make God bigger. And he is bigger. Let me tell you something. Everything the Bible said about us is true. Everything the Bible said about what Jesus did is true. But it don't always look like it. Let me just say this. Once you discover who you really are in Christ. <laughs> you discover everything that pastor been teaching is true. But the, the problem is we, most of us don't really, we say it, but we don't really know who we are. Yeah. 
Are you listening to me? You really do have power over the enemy. You have power over cancer. You have power over sickness and disease and pain, discomfort, poverty. You really do have power over that. You got to know that. The devil don't want you to know that. Hallelujah. Let me say something real quick. It's that's very important and profound. It is just as important to hold fast to your confession as it is to make your confession. Are you listening to me? Because the devil is going to try to make you take that back. When you come on now, if you don't take it back, you're going to see the results of it. Are you listening to me? Hallelujah. I keep thinking about something. I wasn't planning on saying this. But I did pray that the spirit of the Lord will have his way. We was we was uh, doing our we was booking. Our t- I had a friend of mine. We were booking the, the tickets for my team this year. And at the when he got to the end of working so long to get to to the end of this transaction, something went wrong. and had to start over. So we did again, went, got to the end, it freezed again. I said, in the name of Jesus, act right. (laughs) And the little circle came on on that that computer. I like, look out now. Oh, hallelujah. Look at Jesus. (laughs) But it looked like we were losing. And I noticed several other things, some things come up and I spoke in the name of Jesus. But it didn't happen right away. But I held on to what I said and I saw that situation turn around. I can see it so plainly. We are everything God said we are. But the devil don't want us to know it. <laughs> Come on now. Once you once you really from your heart, when you really, really understand and know who you really are in Christ, when you really know it, the devil just had a bad day. Because anything he throw at you, let, let me just say this. Let me say this. You know, we said that Satan have no power. That's a lie. That's a lie. He does have power. He, <laughs> somebody said, well, he's a bulldog with no teeth. That's a lie. If that, if, that, if that was true, we wouldn't have so many people dying and too many people are losing. Come on, somebody. I'll give you an example, show you something God showed me. He showed me everything I needed to see in a story when the storm came up when they was on that ship. And he was asleep. Jesus was asleep. Everybody was having a, they was having a nervous breakdown. They were going wild. They were running with that like a chicken with the head cut off. And then they finally got to Jesus and woke him up. And and it's amazing watching a man that had zero fear. Can you imagine waking up in a storm of that magnitude? And that's the first thing you saw. But you don't detect any fear in him. And the first thing that comes out of his mouth is peace. Peace. Now, who sent that storm? The devil. I thought he didn't have no power. 
he didn't have no power over Jesus. Yeah. And then the Lord said, not only Jesus, he didn't have no power over those disciples. Because Jesus rebuked them for not doing that. They just, they were just like us today. They just didn't know who they was. Come on, somebody. If they only knew what Jesus knew, they wouldn't have woke him up out of his sleep. Because if if they didn't have that power, it would have been wrong for Jesus to rebuke them for, for, for for rebuke them. Because for, for, not, for not doing something they can't do. That would have been wrong. But Jesus knew that they could do it. That's why he rebuked them. Come on, somebody. That devil didn't have power over them. And he don't have power over you. That's good news. <laughs> Glory to God. Lord, help me. Help me, Lord. Let me share something with you. Um, and I'm going to be out of your way. I'm not going to be long, but this is something I got to share with you. Last year, last year, I was facing a, a serious financial crisis. Very few people knew about it. Your pastor knew. It ain't hardly anything that I go through that I won't run it by him. <laughs> if it's serious, if it's really serious. That's the kind of relationship we have. My own son didn't even know it, living in the house, same house as me. He didn't know what I was dealing with. Faith people don't broadcast their troubles. And they don't go on Facebook and tell everybody in the world, pray for us. <laughs> Come on, somebody. They only, they, they only hook up with other faith people <laughs> that agree. <laughs> so uh, last year, I was, I, was, I was just like this guy here, but it was a financial crisis. It was bigger than me. I'm going to just tell you what it looked like. And some of you that are looking at me right now are going through this right now, what I'm about to share with you. It was a financial crisis, and I felt like David when he said uh, that the Lord brought him out of a horrible pit. I felt like I was in a horrible pit, and the, the, the finance, this, this debt that I put myself in was so much bigger than me, and I couldn't, I couldn't solve that problem in my own strength. I, didn't, I couldn't even imagine how it was going to happen but hallelujah, hallelujah. Listen to this here in the seventh verse. I want you to listen to what he said in the seventh verse. He said, are not thou our God who didst drive out the inhabitants of the land before thy people Israel and gave it to the seed of Abraham thy, thy friend forever? What is he doing here? He reminding God of what he did. Now, listen to me. When you're under fire, it's not good enough just to remind God of, of what he did. Uh, you need to remind yourself. You don't need to forget what he did. What I was about to say was this. When I was in my, under my greatest pressure in the midst of my tests, 
I want to share with you what encouraged me the most. There was a, there's a person called the Holy Spirit. Are you listening to me? And he knows everything. And he was on the inside of me. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. What a privilege to have this person on the inside of you that knows everything. And he asked me a question. He asked me a question when I was, and it encouraged me. The question he asked me encouraged me. How many of you know that he's a comforter? He can encourage you in a way no one else can. And and in the middle, when it looked like I was going to go under, this question came up out of my spirit. Have I ever let you down? (laughs) He said, remember, he started naming years. Remember this year. Remember that year. Remember this year. Remember what happened that year. You remember what happened that year. And you remember how you felt, and it looked like you weren't going to make it through. But the question is, have I ever let you down? That encouraged me. Why would you think I'm not going to come through this time? Now, listen to this here, because it looked like he's not going to come through. It just looked like it. Because <laughs> some of you feeling that right now. And right now, it looked like it ain't going you're not going to make it through this. That's what it looks like. But what did pastor just say earlier? If you can see it, (laughs) it's just temporal. Glory to God. So this person on the inside told me. Now, listen to me. Y'all need to hear me good. This is the spirit of the Lord talking. For a minute, you need to stop looking at your, your problems, your circumstances. I know that ain't easy and it's not going to go away just because you're not looking at it. But what I'm trying to say is this. Open your ears to the voice of the Holy Spirit, because he's trying to he's trying to give you the answers to bring you out. But if you're so busy looking at the storms, you will not hear him trying to talk to you and tell you how to come out. And your answers will always be in the book. And so he spoke to me and told me, listen to this here, y'all. He told me that your answer is in the sixth chapter of St. John. (laughs) He told me. So I went to the sixth chapter of St. John and I found. And what did I find there? I found a story. I found a supernatural increase. It's a story about when he fed the multitude with a little sack lunch. It's a story about him not having enough. And what did he do before that miracle increase took place? He said, he said, find out what did he do? And you're going to get your answer right there because I needed a breakthrough. And so this is what he did. He's now. In order to understand what he did, you got to you got to compare this story with all the rest of the the Gospels. And this is what you'll find. Before that miracle took place, this is what he did. He raised it up towards heaven. And he gave thanks. He gave thanks. That's significant. 
Then he blessed it. Then he gave. He didn't give some of it. He didn't give a part of it. He gave it all. What did I get out of that? This is what I said. The first check in January. I said I was going to I was going to follow that pattern. First thing I was going to do, I'm going to raise it up towards heaven and I'm going to give thanks from my heart. It's not enough. I know that little sack lunch wasn't enough. So I gave thanks. Now, once I give thanks, I made a decision, Pastor. And this is very this is so important. I made a decision that I never complaint about my finances ever again. <laughs> so I gave thanks. Then I blessed it. Now, this let me tell you something about being having. I'm going to show you what, what, what I said in my heart about being thankful, having a thankful heart. This is what I said. Never will I ever complain again about my finances. I said, even because that at that moment looked like I was going to go under. I said, even if I go under, the last bubble that come up is going to be a praise. <laughs> I, I made my, it's going to be a boo, 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 boo. It's going to be a blessing. It's going to be a blessing. I mean, it's going to be a praise. It's going, it's going, I'm going to bless the Lord. I'm not going to complain because what the Lord showed me when you complain, you're cursing it. Whatever you complain about, you're cursing it. Yeah. So, so, so I said, I'm going to be, have to think, I'm going to think. Then I'm going to bless the seed. Like too many times we give and we, we just give and expect something to happen, but we don't give in faith. So the Lord told me to, to bless it, speak to it, use your word. Your words has more power than you realize. Nobody can talk me out of that. Nobody. So, so I start, I start speaking to my, I start, listen to this, this is going to sound crazy. I start talking to my money. I start talking to my money. And, and I know it don't sound, and don't make sense to your natural brain, your mind, but if it's in the Bible, I believe it. If, if Jesus can, can talk, if Jesus can answer and talk to a tree, I can talk to my money. <laughs> Jesus, if Jesus can talk to a storm, he said, you can do that. So, so I just start talking to my money. I just start talking to it. And I start commanding a supernatural abundant increase. And I just start speaking to my money and talking to it. And then I gave. I didn't give some of it. I gave it all. First check. I didn't care how much it was. I gave it all. It was a whole, it wasn't nothing but a seed. So two days later, it was the 7th of January. I remember, let me tell you something. Every time God does something for you, you need to write it down. If you ever experience a miracle, write it down. If you don't, you're going to miss something because you're going to forget. And that's a mistake. <laughs> so I wrote this down. Listen to me. It was the 7th of January. If you looking at if you look, go back to your calendar and look, you'll find out that was on a Tuesday. How do you know that? See, because I wrote it down. I'm serious about it. 
Two days later, the 7th of January, it was on a Tuesday, I got a phone call. A guy told me to come to his office. I wasn't expecting this. This guy surprised me with a check for $1,000. It was a long cry, a full cry from what I needed. But I didn't, but that took me by surprise because when I went there, all I had in my pocket was lint. <laughs> so, so, so I got a, I got a thousand dollars. Then I went to the bank and there was a check for $500. I said, oh, sooky, sooky now, something going on here. This thing is working here. It wasn't long after that, I got a check, another check for a thousand dollars. All right. After this $1,000, I noticed something different. And I wouldn't have noticed it if I hadn't wrote it down. The numbers from here on out started increasing. Not long after that, I got another check for $1,400. Not long after that, I got a check for $1,500. Not long after that, I got a check for uh, 1,629, look at the numbers, they're increasing. Not long after that, I got a check for $2,130. Not long after that, I got a check for $2,500. Not long after that, I got a check for, for $3,500. Not long after that, I got a check for $5,000. Now, now, I want you to bear in mind this was very encouraging to me. This was during a time of a pandemic. This was during the time when people was fighting over toilet paper. This was during the time when riots broke out in the streets and people were shooting each other down. Blacks was against whites, whites was against blacks. And in the midst of all this chaos and confusion, in the midst of all that was going on, I watched that mountain of debt melt away like a snowball on a hot summer day. Come on. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Glory to God. And that same day, now I wouldn't have knew this, I would have forgot about all of this if I not wrote it down. The same day I purchased a vehicle and later discovered that 10 people went to that same car lot and was turned down because their credit was not up to standard. But when I went, they didn't even check my credit. And the guy that sold me the vehicle said, I don't know why, but I feel led to match whatever you pay as a blessing to your ministry and became a partner of Ronald C's ministry that day. The woman in the front office uh, felt something because she said she don't even go to church, but I want to get in on that. <laughs> Come on. Wrote me out a check for $50. Now, all them thousands of dollars I just mentioned, the $50 don't sound like much, but have you ever heard of, a, of the term giving in good ground? Ha, yeah. yes. listen to me. Yes. A few days later, yes. that same person that living on the inside of me told me, go to that office right now. Uh -huh. It's an hour drive one way. It didn't make sense. 
I learned a long time ago when the spirit of the Lord tell you to do something, don't mess it up by trying to make sense out of it. Just obey it. I drove an hour to that to that office. Found out that woman was getting going wild and now she was so excited. And what's going on? What's wrong with her? She just got a check for forty thousand dollars. Glory. <laughs> rolled me out, gladly rolled me out a check for a thousand dollars and said, This day I am a partner of Ronald C's ministry for now. And that was in the middle of a pandemic. That was during a time when churches shut down. That was during the time pastors wasn't even hardly preaching. And you know they weren't going to have no evangelists in there. Come on, somebody. This is the time where you discover whether or not who is your source. Come on, somebody. I mean, are you are you looking to people? Are you looking to God? This is the thing that determined it, because in the natural, it didn't look like I was going to survive that that year. It it looked like I wasn't even going to have a place to stay. Hallelujah. Glory to God. She wrote me out a check, $1,000. I got to say this, became a partner in the middle of a pandemic. I got to say this. Now, the reason I'm saying this is because if, if you can talk about all the things the devil did, allow me to talk about what God did and don't get mad at me. <laughs> Come on, just sit there and listen to me. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. Now, I, I was preaching at this church. The Lord told me to tell this story. So you need to hear this. I was preaching at this church and I was very tired coming home. I couldn't wait to to get home because I was exhausted that day. I want I can just see the arms in my my bed reaching up and grabbing me and pulling me in. I couldn't wait. And and and. How many of you are familiar with the scripture in Ephesians 3.20? It says, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask, think, even imagine according to the power that worketh within you. That scripture put more emphasis on, we know the words has power, but this scripture put emphasis on the power of a thought. And I was coming home thinking. I didn't even say it out loud, Bill. I was thinking, you know what? It'll be nice. I wore my black suit out. It would be nice if I if I had me a, if I can go get me a black a black suit because I wore my black suit out. Be nice. I didn't even say it out. I just thought it. My phone wrong. Boom. Phone wrong right then. Brother at the church said, Pastor C. I got something for you. He said, uh, because you've been on the road traveling and preaching, I ain't seen you in church for weeks. He said, but uh, I've been holding this for weeks, and, but I can't hold it no longer. I got to get it out of my hand. Are you coming to church tonight? I said, since you put it that way, yeah, I'll, I'll be there. <laughs> so, 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 so I went to the church. He gave me two envelopes. I opened them the next day. One of them was a was a check from his mother. The other one was not going to believe this. 
it was a gift card to a clothing store. Listen to this. Not know any clothing store. See, God knew there is no way I would have went to this particular store in my own, on my own. Are you listening to me? And you wouldn't believe what was on that gift card. Man, what, what are you saying? Not anybody go to this store. Listen, listen, this store here, you can't even hardly buy socks in now. Man, <laughs> I mean, this store is for the rich and the famous. My God. So here I am walking. I'm getting close. I see the man on the other side of the glass door. I'm walking up to the door. And the guy on the other side of the door said, he said, you, you, you can't come in here. Get out of here. You get away from here. You can't come in here. <laughs> I said, I said, why? Why not? You ain't got your mask on. <laughs> when I showed him that price, the, the amount on the gift card, man, what are you still doing out there? Come on in here. <laughs> me, I usually get my people to help you, but you sit down here, I'm going to help you myself. <laughs> Amen. All that happened in the middle of a pandemic. In the same year, let me just say this real quick. I'm almost through. When I look back in 2020, this was one of the greatest blessings. It was one of the, the most healthiest year of my life. In 2020, I hardly even sneezed. Now, when I said that, I'm not making light of what you went through. Many people lost their mothers, their fathers, they lost family members, church members, friends. They lost even myself. Uh, that was my brother, Bill, called me and said, you, you know your best friend in, when you was in high school? Yeah, he died from coronavirus. Not him, I was shocked. The, the lady that played the piano on the other side of the street in our, connect, in our neighborhood where we grew up? Yeah, she, she died from corona, coronavirus. My uncle died. People in my church that we love dearly, everybody knew, died. So I'm not making light of what you might have went through. All I'm doing is telling my story. I'm just telling you what good thing God did. Every day that they had some negative on the news about Corona, and they was exalting the devil, all the stuff. If you can talk about all the bad stuff the devil done, Allow me to talk about something good and positive that God did for me. Come on, somebody, and not get all upset about it. If I don't get upset at you for talking about what the devil did, don't get upset, at, at mad at me when I'm talking about what God did for me. Hallelujah to God. We fed over 300 families for a month overseas. Check this out here, Pastor. Not one single 
preaching engagement were canceled out because of COVID-19. Come on, somebody. Give God some glory in the house. (laughs) Not one. (laughs) Come on, man. That is not natural. Not one. Not one. Churches closed down everywhere. Not one single preaching engagement was canceled out because of not. What did that tell me? That tell me that um, something is working. <laughs> the, the word is working. Amen. And I didn't wait. I didn't do anything different. I, when this thing hit, this pandemic hit, I was already seeking the Lord. I was already walking by faith. I didn't change anything I was doing. And God proved himself to me. You don't know where you are in your faith development until the to pressure applied, until the test come. Anybody can talk when they're not going through nothing. But how you talk when you're going through something, when you are under fire, that's the thing to determine what you're made out of. And what you know and what you've learned is how you acting Two things, how you acting and how you talking under pressure. Mm. Are you listening to me? (laughs) And I'm going to tell you something. Nothing can help you and bring you through it like the word of God. Put your eyes and your focus on the word and you will always come out on top. Jehoshaphat said, we have no might against this great army. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes, my eyes are upon you. That's the key right there. Keep your eyes on the word. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on the promises of God and not your circumstances. And God will bring you out. Father, we just thank you right now. We glorify you. I thank you that you encourage your people, Lord. Let them know that you are their source. You are everything the word of God say you are. You are a champion. You are. You have won the battle for us. You have defeated our enemies. And we are everything your word said we are. Help us to know it, Lord. Help us open our eyes to see who we are in you. Help us to know and understand that we do have authority over our enemy and over every circumstance that the enemy throw at us. And we give your name all the praise, glory and honor. And my little brother in Africa, I heard a lot about you. I know you're looking right now. One of these days I'm going to visit you. We're going to preach on your soul and we're going to have a great time. It's going to be marvelous. Can't wait to to meet you in the homeland. Amen. I bless you, my brother. I call you blessed. Great things are happening for you right now. The best is yet to be seen. And there's others that's struggling right now watching me. You don't you don't. It look like you're not going to come out. You feel like you're in a pit and the mountain is so big for beyond your reach. Believe me when I tell you, it's not going to always be like it is today. Everything is going to be all right. God is going to bring you out. 
He's going to come through for you. Don't quit. Don't give up. God is on the throne. And we give your name all the praise, glory, and honor for all the good things you've done, Lord. And keep us encouraged. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You're back, back in the hands of the pastor. You. That bless me. <clears throat> Isn't that an awesome praise report about what God did all last year through the pandemic? Our ministry had a 30, 35% increase in finances. Preaching to as few people I've, that we've ever preached to, you know, in the building. Because uh, we preached a lot, you know, through that camera right there. Last figure I got, uh, Elliot said there's not Facebook, but just when it goes into the audio to SoundCloud and goes into other countries, we've uh, we've had 80,000 plus downloads of sermons that come from Jemison, which if you don't know, this is a two traffic light town. <laughs> <laughs> A two-traffic light town and over 80,000 downloads going into over 35 countries. Changing the world. Changing the world. <clears throat> so you can get anywhere you want. Uh, Mark Hankins' dad, they called him, his, well, I, don't, I forget what his uh, actual name was, but B.B. Hankins, he told Mark, he says, you can get anywhere in the world from that traffic light. <laughs> you can get anywhere in the world what God has for you from where you are right now. I don't care how far back it looks like you are. That, that, that was such a good word. And, and, uh, and he's such an encourager. And I know you felt encouraged. I know I did. You know, the Bible says hope deferred, hope delayed, put off, makes your heart sick. And that's just, and that, that visits everybody sometimes in life, like you said. What he didn't say here, and, it, and it's, uh, I know he won't mind me telling this, but when we was doing the work in Africa, and the, and, what, and the reason why that is, is uh, I'm just doing and getting involved in the way the Lord told me to. He, he didn't ask me. And I says, why, why, why do you want me to do this? He says, well, you've been telling me for years that I'll go. Or, you know, you ever tell God, I'll go where you tell me to go? I'll say what you tell me to say. I'll do what you tell me to do. I said, yes, sir. He says, now do it. I said, oh, <laughs> well, I can't, I can't plant a church in anywhere, Africa or, or anywhere. So when we were getting ready to receive the funds for Africa, I said, well, we'll give more than this. I said, but the, the Bible says in Corinthians, and Pastor Bill was talking about this when he preached a few weeks ago, and if you hadn't watched that, you need to go back a few weeks when he ministered that about treasures in heaven. And I told Michelle, I said, uh, Let's just believe, because he said, I'll give seed to the sower. So if you want to be a sower, you don't have the seed. He said, I'll give you seed to sow. If you, if you really want to be a sower, I'll give you the seed. And then I'll multiply the seed that you gave, that I gave you. That's just like your regions call you and said, you know, we'll, we'll open an IRA account and they'll yield whatever this for you. And then we'll give you the money to open it up. They, they don't do that. You can open up one. And whatever you get, what you get, but they don't give you the money. Or, you know, the financial financial institutes don't give you the money to open it, do they? The answer is no, because you don't know. 
So we, we just said we, we want a $1,000 seed to sow into planting that church in Africa personally, and then we'll sell more from there. And within a few days, I went to the mailbox, and, and I got a letter, and there was a letter from Ronald C. Ministries to me. And just said, I just wanted to thank you for all that you've done, something like that, in my life, and just how you've been a blessing in my life, and I want to sow a monetary seed into you. Well, it was the exact same amount I asked for was $1,000. So you, what you didn't know was I prayed a prayer. You said, I said, Lord, you said you would minister seed to the sower, so I'm just believing you right now I have $1,000. A few, a few days later, you send me a check for $1,000, and it goes to plant a church in Africa, missionary. Have you ever been to Africa yet? Not yet. But you have already, you're, you're already there. <laughs> it's, it's standing up right now and being built every day. And then, um, then the Lord said, well, he said to me, he says, well, what about the house? Where, where do you think he's going to live? And I said, well, he's, and I said, no, he doesn't have a car, does he? He said, no. He says, what are you going to do about a car? It, it kind of reminded me when you went to, when you was preaching to those people in shoes and it was cold. And uh, you was thinking we need to dismiss the people because they're standing in the rain. As you like, you said the temperature can drop thirty degrees in just a few minutes. And can you imagine preaching to someone and it dropped twenty, thirty degrees, and they're standing barefooted and they've walked miles to see you? And so you just want to get them out of the rain, and they're telling you, "Don't you dare do that. You'll offend them and everything else." And and, and I may be wrong about this, but I think that was the place that, that the Lord told you look at their feet. And he was. So he kept on preaching, and the Lord said, look at their feet. They have no shoes on. He says, now do something about that. What you going to do about that? You sit and look at hundreds of people, you know, and he says, I want you to do something about that. So we're laborers together, him, and, and uh, as Pastor Bill's taught, these are treasures of heaven. We're not working out of our resources. We're working out of his. You know, if I have God's checkbook, I can get some things done. I don't know about you. <laughs> I don't even have to. I don't even have to balance my checkbook, the register at the end of the month. Cause you can't tap it out, and you won't ever get a bank draft or, or, or you know, a, a return check. Yeah, you won't get an overdraft fee when you're working out of resources of heaven. So I just mentioned this house. I just said, I'm not, you know, y'all gave so generously to build a church. I'm not going to ask you. I'm just telling you. The Lord told me to do something. And if he tells you, then we'll just send it there. So the house to build is $9,050, and $2,500 has already been sent there. I'm sending personally another $1,000 this month because he told me to. And so that's thirty-five. And uh, Pastor Billings told me last night, he said, I'm doing the same thing you are. I said, that's four or five. I said, well, that's, 40, that's half the house. $4,500, and, and the house is paid for. A new church in Africa paid for in a house the same year. Out of a pandemic. It's because we have thousands of people here. Oh, they're in the they're in the they're in the overflow room. You can't see them right now. <laughs> the overflow room's in the camera. <laughs> Glory to God! What what a great word, Amen. Well, this is this is really in our opportunity. You know. He can't go if we don't sin, but, but we, need to, we need to give more than he needs to receive. That's really the truth. We, we need to give more than he needs to receive. And this is, the, and this is just the way that it works. And we, we won't go take time to read it, but we know that the one who, 
gives and sins gets the same reward in heaven as those who who's go. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like it all worked that way. For someone who climbs 10, 12, 14,000 feet in there and goes through all the discomfort and leaving home and all that, is the person who sits there in the air conditioner writes the check, whatever it is, $5, $10, $1,000, whatever, whatever is in your heart to give, we get the same reward as him and Pastor Matt and the team when they go to the mountains of Peru and go through all the hardships. I know Pastor Matt, he has to leave a business, and it's not the best time of year to leave it. It's busy. There's all kinds of changes. He's got personnel situations he's working through. It just doesn't make common sense for him to leave here. So therefore, I'm asking him to stay. No, I'm <laughs> no but I mean, so I, I'm, I'm just saying it, it is a sacrifice. And he's not complaining about that, but I'm just saying it's a sacrifice. It's just not convenient. But going to the cross wasn't convenient either. You think so? So I want to give you an opportunity. Um, take an envelope here and sow a generous seed into the lives of people. You know, I just, uh, Peru, their winter starts in our summer. That's kind of unusual. Um, we can have some cold winter days here in the south, but not 30 below zero. And there's no heat to turn on. And they just take the, the, the body waste from the, the, the llamas or the emu, whatever it is, and just try to heat those things to cook on and stay warm. And that's, that's their life. I guess they're used to it. But I don't know what a blanket costs now. It used to be $8. I'm sure it's went up some. But I remember that first year, because it upsets you so bad, because you saw that little girl the day before where the cheeks are all blisters. Well, she was like two years old or less. And her mother was holding her. She was standing in line for hours to get a blanket behind the fence. And then you gave your last blanket. She was standing her, there with her baby. You didn't have one. And that night, that child died. For an $8 blanket, a, a combo at McDonald's, could have saved her life. And $8 could have done it. Surely, a life's worth more than a 8 or $10. So it is important that they, that they do need the help for... Um, just natural things to live with. But it's the lives that are being changed forever by the preaching of the gospel and the laying hands on the sick and changing lives. And one day in heaven, and I'm not saying this to get you to do something because, you know, we're, I'm, I'm way past that and I hope you know that by me. But one day in heaven, people from Africa Places that you've sown seed. People from Cusco that you'll never meet in this lifetime. And the pastors that organized this in Peru for him said, they said, Pastor C, they said, you will never live naturally. Because you, know, you never go back to the same village, do you? Never. He never sees the same village ever again. In 16 years, he's never went back to the same village. They said, you'll never live long enough naturally to ever get around this mountain to these people. And nobody else is coming to help them. So I told him, I said, you know, where the Lord send you, there's no traffic jam there. <laughs> Trying to run you down to get up that mountain. So when the Lord tells you, 
when you're going to go see a village of two, three, four hundred people, and I want shoes on their feet, and I want scarves on them, I want stuff to put on their face, and I want, I want those kids to have something to play with. I know one time you were showing me they, they had an old bicycle, not a tire, not a bicycle, they had a rim. And they, one would be on top of the hill, and the one would go, you know, they'd roll it down, and they just thought that was a big deal. Then the, the other one would say, well, let me roll it, and you catch it. And that was the extent of what they had to, to play with. And it's real interesting to see their, their farms, their, their gardens, because they're, and you see, they're, they're all on the side of a mountain. So you really, wouldn't, you really wouldn't want your cantaloupe or tomato to turn loose because <laughs> <laughs> no one's going after it, you know. <laughs> so out of, out of our abundance, which you may think is abundance, but according to, in monetary terms, out of our abundance, we can meet their lack. And the old saying is, and Though it's an old saying, but it, it, it's, it's so up to date. It says, you could give, but not really love, but give. But you can't truly love and not give. Hmm? You, you can't do it. Because why? Because you're born again, which means you have God's nature in you. And, and the very nature of God is to give. And when Pastor Bill was talking about treasures in heaven, I mean, there were several key parts of that, but it was just, and I, I could see it in him, in his body language, and his words. He was talking about a cheerful giver. And he said, you know, I, I've never, you know, I've never despised giving, of course. I mean, I'm, we've always wanted to give, and we, we did give, and we're not, you know, we're not regretting giving. He says, but I have such a, a hard attitude about giving now. I mean, He's excited about giving. That's somewhere you could say amen. I mean, somewhere, somewhere in there. Excited about giving. I mean, just can't hardly wait to do it. In other words, preacher, just please shut up and receive the money. I mean, I, got, I can't hold this no more. I got to give it. And the Bible says God takes pleasure in people who have that heart. In other words, you get God's attention. Cornelius got God's attention by his prayers and by his giving. It said his giving came up before God. Wow, can you imagine that? That your giving comes up before God himself? Could have said Moses. <laughs> Moses could have told, you know, Elijah, Elijah might have got around telling Jesus. Didn't say that. He says, you're giving with that kind of hard attitude. He said, it goes straight to the throne room to God. He says, my, my. He can't say my God. He says, my, my, me. <laughs> he says, look, look at my girls doing down there. Amen. So faith is right now, and right now you're already in Peru, according to God. And right now these kids are already being taken care of right now. Right now. It's going to be winter here in just a few weeks. And right now this needs to be met. Right now we're buying blankets, we're buying scarves. Right now we're saving lives. Right now. Right now from this place, little place in Alabama, we are saving lives in Peru. We get to be a part of a harvest. We get to. We get to be part of that. We get to be a part of something that connects something that's so much bigger than ourselves. And people say, well, I want people sometimes, and I, I know this from Pastor No Gibson, I want this designated to go right here. Well, you, you, don't, you don't, can't designate everything. In other words, <laughs> could, you, could we use it to get an airline ticket to get there? Because if, if we just buy all blankets and then we can't get an airline ticket. So it, it costs money to get there, doesn't it? 
they don't Delta or no one don't fly. You say, well, we're preachers. And I says, you could be an engineer. Or you can be a, you can be a gambler. I mean, it's still going to cost you whatever, right? And so, God is well funded this trip. You're you're well funded. You're well supplied. You'll be you'll be furnished to every good work and charitable donation. The anointing of the Spirit of God is upon this trip as always before. And I just see this year being a different type of year. It'll be it'll be similar in, in some ways, but it'll be many it'll be different so many other ways. And the Lord said, you know, the the discouragement that you felt yourself because it's so in your heart that He put in your heart to go and that you couldn't go. That actually, I know it it brought tears to you that you had to not be able to see people. You couldn't preach the gospel. You couldn't go there. And I remember talking to you as like a little kid that it was Christmas time and nothing happened. But the Lord says, he said, but I'm the God of the makeup. And I'm the God of the overflow. And he says, I'll do, I'll do in this year what I would have done in more than just two years. And I'll do it in one year. And it'll be an easy thing. For the Lord of God's hand is not shortened and it cannot save. And so you, you have a few more places to preach, but your, your donation is not based on where you go preach. That adds to it with the Lord speaking to people all over the place. If you're watching us today and you want to be a help to Ronald C. Ministries, you can go to his, you can go to his website, Ronald C. Ministries, and he has PayPal there. Or you can go to our ministry, Grace Life Church, and you can go to our PayPal, and we will make sure he gets the funds. And you can be involved in something much bigger than yourself. Amen. I'm not going to be walking 10, 12, 14,000 feet in the air myself, but I'm sure going to get involved in helping someone who's willing to go. Amen. So let's receive. <clears throat> let's receive. Come on, gentlemen. Let's, let's take our seed and let's just put it up. Let's just wave it up here like this. My wife's got ours. That represents lives, saved, healed, set free, delivered in the name of Jesus. Father, we just bless you for the word that we heard. We bless you, Father God. Our hearts are encouraged. Our spirit is not cast down, mm. but we are encouraged and we will not look at the things that are coming into our lives that, that seem like they're negative, like there's no place but down. But no, Lord, we look to you. We put our eyes upon Jesus. We look up instead of look down. And Jesus walked on the water. The very thing that they were afraid of, he was standing on top of. So he's over our circumstances. And we call this seed blessed as every seed that's being sown to be multiplied, increased into the people's lives. Quickly, angels go forth and cause it to be so, cause a great harvest to come into their life. In Jesus' name, amen. You may receive the offering. take a trophy to make you proud. I'll never be more loved than I am right.